Hi, this is Patrick Myers from Killer Queen, and you're listening to the Follow Your Dream podcast with Robert Miller. Everyone has a dream. Robert Miller is a musician who had a dream to become a rock star. He followed his dream, and he succeeded. If you're ready to pursue and succeed at your dream, then listen up and get inspired and motivated to take action today. Welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Follow Your Dream podcast with listeners in 188 countries. You are all in for a real treat today. My guest in this episode is Lisa Ray. Lisa is a member of the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain, the Ukes. They play amazing covers of iconic rock and other songs and all on the ukulele. Never heard of them? Well, they've toured the world many times. Their music has been in films and commercials. One of their YouTube videos has 22 million views. You're gonna hear some of their music today and I promise it's gonna blow you away just as I was blown away when I first listened to them. So much fun. Don't believe me? Well, all you need to know is they were chosen to perform for the queen. That's the real queen at her 90th birthday party. How about that? And in the second part of this episode, as I do with all my musician guests, Lisa and I are gonna do a song fest where we've picked out several of the songs by the Ukes and we're gonna play them underneath and we're gonna talk about them and nobody else in podcast does anything like this. And my featured song in this episode, and I always feature a song of mine in every episode, and I try to make it relevant somehow to my guest or the subject matter. And in this instance, I've chosen the song, It Is a Miracle to Me, from the album East Side Sessions by my band Project Grand Slam. I chose this song because it truly is a miracle to me that a ukulele band can be this good. And ordinarily, I save my guest music until the song fest in the second half of this interview. But I feel like you've got to hear a short preview of the Ukes in order to really understand and appreciate this band and this episode. So here's a little taste. Once I was a boogie singer country roads take me home to the place I belong. So Lisa Ray, welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. I'm I'm very welcome and I'm I'm very pleased to uh, have such a lovely introduction. Thanks, Robert. Good good to see you. We can see one another here. Yes, we, we can see one another. You know, it's crazy. I had never heard about the Ukes, and uh, I was introduced to them recently. And then I went on YouTube, like everybody does, and I started looking up your videos. And you guys are just the greatest. Okay, thank so you. I want to hear about this. How long have you been with the band? And did you always play the ukulele? Tell us about the formation of yourself as a musician. I know you've done other things. You've done comedy and stuff like that. But give us the history here. Oh, wow. So um, 
So I've been playing with the Utes for 15 years. It's the longest relationship I've ever had, I like to say. Okay. Uh, so something must be going right. And um, the band's been going since 1985. Wow. wow. I, is that 37 years? I'm not That's very good crazy. at maths. Uh, so it started as a, I, I don't know if it was a joke, but a kind of joke that George Hinchliffe and Kitty Lux started the band. They were uh, uh, students back in Leeds, which is a northern bit of uh, England. And uh, they thought, let's start an orchestra just with ukuleles. It was kind of, it was around sort of punk new wave times. So they were doing a kind of punk rock kind of joke, art school kind of joke. And it just took off because, you know, there, there was no other ukulele orchestra in the world before they started one. And now sure you're right pretty much that. every, yeah, every town in, in every country seems to have a ukulele orchestra now, which really? is great. You got competition all over the world, you're saying? No, we've got friends, I think. We see it as friends. It's kind of like uh, some people like train spotting, some people like other stuff, some people like ukes. It wasn't my first instrument, Robert. My first instrument was a guitar. Okay. I know you play the guitar. Well, you play the bass, right? Well, yes, but I started actually on piano. Then I worked ah, my way to trumpet. And from trumpet, I had to learn the guitar and the bass when I keep saying this little band from Liverpool took over the world. <laughs> you know, trumpet wasn't very cool at that moment. No, it's cool now. Yes. Um, but, you know, I my mum bought me this tiny little guitar, like it was almost a toy one. Um, and got me some guitar lessons. And the guy, this this guy from our local church, kind of patiently sat there every week. And he's noticed that I didn't, uh, I wasn't reading music, and I wasn't really li listening to what he said. I was just doing my own thing and doing things from memory. And he was going, "Why aren't you looking at what I've done?" And I'm like, "Because I'm doing my own thing." And of course, in the end, he said, "Lisa Ray is unteachable." So he said to my mom, you're wasting your money on her. <laughs> um, Little did he know. Well, you know, and so after that, I just kind of carried on teaching myself stuff. And I got together with some kids on my street and then we were teenagers and we had a little band. And one of those actually, one, there was three of us. And one of them is uh, does now have a band that tours all over the place and does kind of Nashville kind of music, even though he's an English chap. Okay. Um, so yeah, we had a gang of uh, we just friends picked up the guitar, and you know what? Then I was doing comedy. I was in a comedy double act, and I had a guitar. The other woman had a guitar and a banjo, and and I just thought I'm sick of carrying this guitar around. Maybe I should get a ukulele. So I bought a uke <laughs> because it's smaller. <laughs> well, it's smaller and it's easy to take on the subway. You know, I'm in London. You, you understand subways. Uh -huh. We call it the the tube. The tube. Um, and I'd go to gigs and with, with this tiny thing and think, this is great. It's kind of hand luggage. It's fantastic. And plug it in and do these gigs. And then I think in about 2006, I was just wondering who the hell else played ukulele? You know, who, who else plays the uke? I don't know. And I looked online. Someone said, have you heard of the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain? And a bit like you, I said, what? There's a Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain? And uh, I saw that they were doing a workshop. And I'd never heard of them, but I I clicked on one of their tracks and it was Wuthering Heights, Kate Bush by Kate Bush, who I'm a big fan of. And I thought, this is wild. So I did a workshop with them and that's how I met them. I just met them and then they seemed to like what I was doing and said, actually, we're looking for a woman to, you know, do some depping for us. So initially it was like, can you stand in when somebody's away? And 
I was like, yeah, great. So suddenly I was with the Ukes. And then uh, I, by a process of osmosis, I became a permanent member. And now I've been with them for 15 years. You know, for people that don't know the band, the image that you guys present is kind of startling, okay? Because you're all on the <laughs> stage. You're dressed, you know, in formal wear, it looks like. It looks like a string quartet, except you got no strings other than these ukuleles. <laughs> and there's like eight of you or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it looks like a like a classical kind of concert. And then all of a sudden you break into these rock and roll covers. I mean, it's a wild presentation. Yeah, completely. You're you're right. You know, Robert, we dress um, formally. And it used to be, I think, in the old in when it first started, people would just grab things that they thought people in an orchestra would wear. So it was a bit more tatty in those days. It's almost like a bunch of kids went, let's start an orchestra and then run off to mom and dad's closet to get, you know, black tuxedo that didn't quite fit <laughs> and then so we walk on formally and people and often we play you know when we play in Europe we play in some of the biggest concert houses in Europe you know very swanky places and we come on with our staff with our kit and with these tiny instruments under our arms and we and we often start with an instrumental or a classical uh, piece and then then we suddenly disintegrate into you know <laughs> pop rock uh zz top you know uh, acdc and it's electronica pretty much anything you can imagine can be played on a uke so who who chooses the songs um it's a sort of group decision i mean somebody might you know george hinchliffe is the artistic director the the musical director of the company he sits he in the middle it. there right he sits in the middle yeah um and so you know, he 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 does kind of the complex arrangements that, that we have. But if it's something else that somebody might just have an idea and say, I really fancy doing this. I really fancy doing some disco. And we will just noodle around. Someone might bring a sort of scraggy sheet of paper with some ideas on. And then if we've got the time, it, that becomes something. And maybe we sit with it and groove with it for a bit. And then it becomes a set thing. And it might even have a life. It might even develop as we're in performance, you know, so that it's always slightly changing until it settles into its form. You know, the funny thing about watching George, because he's kind of the, in the middle there, like the focal yeah, yeah. point, if you will, doesn't look like a rock musician at all. I mean, no. kind of looks like your uncle or something like that. You know, then somehow he got settled into that position. You got one guy in the band that's got this long hair thing and he's shaking his head when he plays. <laughs> Tell us about him because he's fun. Yeah. So this is Dave uh, who sits at the end. So Dave's been in the band for since it's began since 1985. And, uh, you know, Dave used to have long flowing golden locks and, and oh, of course they're not as golden now and they don't flow as much as they used to flow, <laughs> but they still flow. They still flow. And he still rocks out. And once basically at the end of the show, Dave usually headbangs to something. Um, we always worry that he's going to dislodge his retinas or something like this. But um, yeah, it's it's a nice team. I mean, actually, George is not touring um, as much with us anymore. It just takes its toll. You know, it, it, it's a long time to be on the road and it's not uh, for the faint hearted, this level of touring. Yeah, we go all over the world, lots of planes, <laughs> lots of traveling, lots of buses, lots of, you know, yeah, touring is rough. Yeah. You guys are coming to the States very soon. We're so excited. I was looking at your uh, your website, 
You're going to be in Nebraska, Washington, California, Florida, Wisconsin, Georgia, Pennsylvania. That's a real tour. Yeah, that's big. I mean, America is the, the longest tour we do, just because we like to do as much of it as we can. It seems to be, I, I said, people say to me, where are you going this time? And I go, well, kind of quite a bit of California, quite a bit of uh, Florida, and then a few places in the middle. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it is with zigzagging around because you, you've got to go when the theatre's free. You, you can't just say, oh, I want to be in Pennsylvania tomorrow. You, it might not be free, the theatre we play out there. So you you know, you zigzag until it all fits together. It's a very uh, complicated thing to put the tour together properly. And this is the longest. We, this is the longest we do. We used to do three weeks. Now we're starting to do four weeks. Obviously, um, the last two American tours have been cancelled because of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So we've, we're tagging on a few dates to this one just to get round. All right. I got to ask about two things in particular. First of all, for people that don't know, George Harrison was a big ukulele fan. Yes, he was. And then Paul McCartney, I know in concert these days, does a ukulele number every so often. you know, out of respect for George. Tell us a little bit about that. Was there any connection between the ukulele orchestra and George? Did, did he come to see you at all? I wish there was. Um, I think that there is a story about that, but I don't know it. <laughs> that might have been before my time. Make it up, but, will you please? Come on. Uh, make it up. I've got a feeling that they that there is some connection with George Harrison. And what I do know about George Harrison is he apparently always took two ukuleles with him because he said one on its own. That was a little bit sad, but if you've got two, you can do a duet with somebody. Um, so if he, he got, that's what I heard anyway. He packed um, two ukuleles in his in his uh, belongings whenever he toured. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I can't answer that one, Robert. To be honest, some of it's before might be before my time because there's other people we've had things to do with, you know. Yeah, I want to ask about one of those. Tell us about the Queen. Oh, good evening. Hello. Are you well? Thank you very much. I'm, I'm still alive. Nice anyway. to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So this was a, an interesting gig. You know, we get Prince Charles, it was, who, who wanted, he loves uh, ukuleles and he quite likes the ukulele orchestra of Great Britain and heard a bit about us. And he wanted to book us for his mother's 90th birthday. And so it was a private party at Windsor Castle. And it really was just immediate family. And so it was a really weird gig. And we were sitting <laughs> on a stage whilst the royal family and their kids and grandchildren and whatever were having dinner. And there was a, we were on, and also there was an, an opera singer and uh, a ventriloquist. And that's, that was it. And we basically sat there for the whole time. Did you come on before or after the ventriloquist? Um, we were on first and we were on for the whole thing. We kept sort of doing different uh, songs for her. Um, and then, of course, we got to meet the royal family, got to meet the Queen after the show. Did she have any requests as part of the show or Prince Charles? Well, it was all it was all 
a big surprise for her. So she thought it was hilarious. You know, okay. she really liked it. Um, and yeah, we played something. Um, one of we played a little bit of something that the goons used to do uh-huh. for, for Prince Charles when we met him afterwards in the reception. If you kill me, I promise you, you'll never take me alive. It was a champagne reception, you know, where you line up looking, you know, trying to look smart, and then the Queen and Prince Philip, you know, who's no longer with us, all the kids, all the grandkids that pile past and they all talk to you. And um, they, I have to say, they lingered with the ukulele orchestra, I think, slightly more than anybody else, because we were an oddity. And I think, I say this with, with you know, love, you know, the, the royal family, quite eccentric. <laughs> and uh, the ukulele orchestra are also quite eccentric. And um, so maybe there was a meeting of, of minds. I don't know. All right. I have to ask this question. Do you get paid for a gig like that, or do you just do it as a oh, national I, benefit? Well, do you know what? <laughs> I, I don't even allow to. I know I had to sign something saying I wouldn't talk about the absolute details. I've got a feeling. Wait a minute! Are they going to arrest done, you for doing they this? They might arrest now? me. I mean, we might be doing something here, Robert, and then I'm carted away for treason. <laughs> um, let's just say I think there's a way of doing it so that you you I think you get expenses and stuff and I don't know if the queen does pay you to do these things it's kind of we just thought you've got to do this you know when are we ever going to be asked to do this again that's true but she's got enough money she could have paid you she's also you know I don't want to get into the royals here but I I do quite like old queenie I think she's I think she's one of the old, you know, she's old school and she's got a real sense of duty. And, you know, I was a fan. I became more of a fan because she was 90. okay, and we we started our our kind of music at about 1030 at night. And she'd been on the go since 11 a.m. that morning, meeting and greeting her kind of people outside. And she was still absolutely delightful. There's a rule when you meet the queen. Oh, well, two rules. You're supposed to curtsy or bow, depending on who you are. I forgot to do either. Um, and I shrugged my shoulders. I just shrugged my shoulders and smiled at her. But she smiled much. She didn't mind. I wasn't arrested. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is you're not supposed to speak before she speaks to you. That's the the, the rule, apparently. Okay. You get told that. But we kind of forgot. So when she came round, she said... She actually said, it's marvellous to hear George Formby again, because we'd done a twisted cover of a George Formby song. I'm leaning on a lamp. I know I look just like a tramp. Oh, you may think I'm hanging round to steal a car. But no. And uh, one of our gang said, I expect you've met him. He was a, basically a wartime famous ukulele player uh-huh. um, who was very famous in the UK. And she said, yes, I have. And now I'm really showing my age. <laughs> so she was kind of had a sense of humour. She was very sweet. Did she rock out? That's what I want to know. She didn't rock out. She doesn't rock out, does she? I mean, we, did, you know, she was in a little silver dress and, and very sort of dignified, had the old uh, tiara on the crown or whatever it was, tiara, I suppose. And she sort of glides like a like a Dalek from Doctor Who. <laughs> you can't see her feet. And she's very, she's actually quite small. Um, so when we've got one player in our band who's almost seven feet tall. So he dwarfs her. 
Well, he was just staring down on top of the queen, you know, towering <laughs> over her. But uh, yeah, it's nice having a tall person in the band. All right. That's fun. Yeah, if you play basketball, he would be the center for sure. He would. He would. <laughs> the Shakespeare Concert, the new album by my band, Project Grand Slam, will be released on March 28th. Recorded live in the studio, it features 15 of our greatest hits. The reviews of the album have been simply spectacular. The album has been praised by famous musicians like Mark Farner of Grand Funk Railroad, Jim Peterick of the Ides of March, Joey D of Peppermint Twist fame, and legendary guitarist Elliot Randall. And the reviewers have called it perfection, five stars, and a masterpiece among other accolades. Pre-save your digital copy today of the Shakespeare concert at a special pre-release price. Just go to thepgsstore.com. Again, that's thepgsstore.com. You're going to love it. I promise. All right, let's go to the second part of this interview because this is going to be the fun part. We're going to play four of the songs that you guys play. And we're starting with your cover of ACDC's Highway to Hell. I got to tell you, you had me as soon as I heard that one. I said, this is it. This this group is for me. Living easy, living free. A season ticket on a one-way ride. Asking nothing, leave me be. Tell us a little bit about how, why, and why that happened. That whole thing. I think, you know, uh, Ben, who sings that one and also is, uh, you know, does the solos on it, he's really a great um, performer and he just liked the idea of it. So I think he suggested it, you know, can I do this one? And then we think, yeah, it's kind of funny doing a big rock song on a, on a ukulele um, because you're kind of shaking your head and playing really hard. We play with picks. Um, and there's this kind of finger blistering solo in the middle and Dave's shaking his head at the end. And it's kind of shouldn't work on a ukulele and yet strangely appealing. It does. Somehow. It does. I mean, it's, it's, it's so out of context in a sense, but that's what makes it so good because yeah. you, know, you don't expect it. That's right. No, you don't. I mean, I think we're subverting um, music often with what we do and it's a good, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to use this word, so cut it out, but but Kitty, who is no longer with us, she passed away a few years ago, who was the co-founder of the orchestra, she's, she always says the, the ukulele is a good bullshit detector of music because it will tell you whether a song is any good or not. Because if you can kind of do it on the uke, it's, it's probably okay. Yeah. And if you can't make something good out of it on a uke, then... Forget it. You know, 
get it. What I like about the band also is not only do you play these great songs, but you have a sense of style and fun about it. Okay. You don't take yourselves that seriously. No. And that's the fun part about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of like, it's quite British. So it's, it's, we look all stuffy and kind of right. wearing our, our gear and then, and slowly the bat, it all unravels and things go wrong and strings break. And sometimes you end up playing a balalaika because one of your strings is gone. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's it's we we have a lot of dry humor, which I think is quite British, self-depreciating. Yes, yes, yes. Um, humor, but we we we're friendly to the audience. It's not kind of an aggressive thing. It's it's kind of a we like to we're kind of I think it's like a clown orchestra in a way. In <laughs> but you don't have a car suits. that you jump out of. You know that's we don't know. Probably add that to the act, okay? We could add we could have some bigger shoes. A little clown car that comes out. You all get <laughs> yeah. out of the clown car. The other thing, you know, I you, we're not gonna we're gonna play it because I'm gonna add this to the list. You yeah, do yeah. a cover of a Who song, okay? Oh yeah. Pinball. Pinball wizard, which yeah. is great. Since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. From Soho down to Brighton, I must have played them all. But I ain't seen nothing like him in any amusement hall. That deaf and a mumbling kid sure plays a mean pinball. And I was waiting at the end of the song for you to destroy the ukuleles the way Townsend <laughs> used to destroy his guitars. You need to well, add that into the act. Yeah, I mean, the, the great thing about that is when we introduce it, we say, um, this is, you know, sometimes we say, this is the most popular um, tune in the set um, because it contains no ukuleles. So we don't we don't have any ukes in that. It's completely uh, sea shanty. You know, it's totally vocal. And it's just, yeah, it's just voices. And we do some silly actions, you know, kind of. So we've taken a Who song and gone, what would this be like if it was a sort of sea shanty, which is a type of music we have i don't know if you have an equivalent there and and that's what happened it's it's a very eccentric kind of response to that song i think very very cool take on it okay well let's go to the next song this is a song by zz top oh. called give me all your loving i've gotta have a shot Tell us a yeah. little bit about that. Well, another side project from the Ukes, uh, George and myself and a couple of other people went off to work with uh, some early music um, lute players, right? This is really wild now. So we had some ukulele people and then some lute players and theobo players and very, and they only play early music. And we decided what would happen if we did stuff like uh, ZZ Top with them and things like that. And it blew their minds. <laughs> Instead of using plectrums, they use quills, feathers. Doesn't everybody? And, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and and so I did a ZZ Top cover with them. And I think we just enjoyed doing it. Again, it's another opportunity for 
chuckle a load of reverb on the vocals, uh, you know, lots of opportunities for solos for the people who want to do that in the band. Um, and also just maybe having a, having a woman singing the rock song as well instead of... We sometimes muck things around. So, you know, a woman might sing a song that a man has traditionally sung or maybe George will sing uh, a Kate Bush song, for example, because uh-huh. he does Wuthering Heights. So, yeah, we like to mess that about. And actually when we put that... That's a sort of recently new addition. So it's it's. I, I'm hoping it'll go down well in the states when we when we go there um, next week. I think people know it and like it. In it in the UK, they love it. I have to shout stuff like "swing your beards" and all that kind of thing. <laughs> well, you're playing in the middle of the United States, so it's going to go over fine there. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I was going to say the um, ZZ Top responded to it because they 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 responded to it on on uh, when we posted it on our website somebody uh-huh. some kind of rock magazine found it and i think the headline was like my god you know who would have thought you could have zz top on a ukulele and here it is god crimes against music kind of thing <laughs> sort of thing and and zz top uh, said they they loved it you know good. so that was very flattering good 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 okay next one that we're going to hear is a david bowie song life on mars Now she walks through a sunken dream To the sea with the clearest view Now she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a saddening bore For she's lived it ten times or more Well, that's one of my favourite tracks that the Ukes do and uh, sung by John T, um, our bass player. And he's got a, a great voice. And what we do with that song, as it begins as uh, Life on Mars. But then we sometimes do layered songs where different songs come in over the chords. Uh-huh. And it's almost like, um, so what you'll hear if you listen to that whole song is there's a little bit of fly me to the moon. And then there's a little bit of born free. And they all weirdly fit with what we're doing. <laughs> and and it's the idea, I suppose, is that members of the orchestra are going, hey, it's my turn now. And I'm going to sing over that bit. Well, you know, fly me to the moon, I think, goes really well with life on Mars. Yeah. Okay. So I totally get that. There you go. Um, that's what that's what we've done with that. And it's and it's uh, and um, David Bowie heard it as well. Um, and and we have a quote, I think, where he said, wonderfully clever. It's wonderfully clever. So we we we, we prize that quote and that appears yes. on our website because he did hear it. And I'm, a, I'm I'm a huge Bowie fan. And so is the bass player, John T. We both really like him. 
Fantastic. Okay, last one we're going to hear tonight, or today, I should say, is a song by The Clash, big English band. Should I stay or should I go? <laughs> Darling, you've got to let me know. Or should we stay or should we go? Because if we say that you were fine, we'd love you till the end of time. So come on, let me know. Or should I stay or should I go? It's always tease, tease, tease. Darling, you've got me on my knees. One day it's fine and then it's not. So if you want us off the plot, so come on, let me know. Should I stay or should I go? Well, should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? Well, if I stay there, we'll be trouble. Wow, 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 wow. If I go, we'll, we'll be trouble. So come on, let me know. Should I stay or should I go? That's another one you would never expect to hear on a ukulele, but hey, it works so good. So I think is going to be, you'll definitely hear that one on this tour. I think that's featuring on this tour. Just um, tweaking the set list, actually, as today and in the next few days. But what I like about that one is when we start it, you know, you have da 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 In that gap, we all kind of chuck our ukuleles in the air, sort of, <laughs> spin them round and catch them again. So there's a bit of movement in it. So we do try to put movement in. <laughs> but again, uh, you know, it's it's fast. We're plucking and strumming really, really fast for that one. And what kind of is, a, you know, a, a slight a, a backbone through all the music is the bass. And the bass player plays a bass, but it's been made specially custom for him. Yeah. So it's a short scale, minute thing. It's not a U bass. It's not anything you can find anywhere else he's had it customized for him and he never says he plays bass ukulele because he says there's no such thing this is a bass he's a bass <laughs> player and that's kind of the heartbeat in a way of, of um it drives he really drives what we do um so yeah i did notice you had a guy that sounded like he was playing the bass but it was a ukulele sized bass if you will oh. so i wasn't sure what you called it but i guess it's just the bass huh yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It is a bass. It really is, and it's and it. You would think that 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 something that size wouldn't have a really low note. It's it's, you know, it's it's really low, and yeah. and obviously that's plugged in, and the rest of us are using condenser mics, and we have an amazing sound guy who works with us, who worked with um, some some quite big people, including Nana Muscori in her heyday. <laughs> uh, so we we're really lucky to have uh, Doug. Um, who, who comes to America with us. Well, you're not lugging around big amplifiers and stage uh, equipment and all of that. So you're, you're a pretty self-contained act. I like that. We are, we are. And when we get on an airplane, people kind of do double takes. What the hell? You know, tiny little cases coming on with eight people or seven people. We tour with seven or eight. Do you ever do any impromptu concerts on the plane? We get asked to, but we just go, oh man, you know, we'll, this is our time to sleep. <laughs> I mean, it, it's exhausting. People go, oh, you're an orchestra. Can we have a song? You know that half the plane is going to go hooray and the rest are going to go, don't you dare open those ukulele cases. Yeah. <laughs> well, what can you do? 
you know, I'm sure you must have situations where people come to see you not knowing what to expect. You know, they yeah. just haven't heard you before. They, somebody's dragging them there and their eyes must go bug eyed when all of a sudden you guys start doing ACDC stuff. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, there are people we have comments that we always find it really very amusing. But when some kind of old boy comes up at the end and says, uh, my wife dragged me along to this and I thought it was going to be absolutely rubbish and uh, it, it was very good, you know, or, or they'll rave about it. You know, most people are converted. We don't we don't hear seats um, flop. You know, we don't hear people leaving their seats and walking out. People like to be entertained. And I think what we do is we have we have an orchestra so everybody can do what they do. The music's great. Everybody sings. There's all sorts of harmonies. But I think it's an, the whole thing is an entertainment, a night out. It's an entertaining night out. It There's humour. It's warm. It's very silly. It's irreverent. And we don't take ourselves too seriously. Well, you've stated it perfectly. And uh, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. We have been speaking with Lisa Ray of the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain. Not to be confused by any other country's ukulele orchestra. <laughs> so much fun, such great music. I enjoyed it so much, and I'm sure everybody's going to love you on this tour. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Robert. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. And uh, we're going to listen now to the song that I played underneath the introduction. It's my song called It Is a Miracle to Me. I want to thank you all for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so you don't miss another inspiring episode. You can connect with Robert at robert at followyourdreampodcast.com. And you can hear more from his band at projectgrandslam.com and at thepgsstore.com. to the space that occupies your mind.
Makes you as happy as can be Keeps you smiling as it does 